Grown and The Moth are excited to partner with Graduate Hotels to celebrate storytelling across generations. Visit any of Graduate's 30-plus hotels and you'll discover storytelling is at the heart of everything they do, especially when it comes to their unique, locally-inspired interior designs. Not only has The Moth hosted a series of open-mic story slams at Graduate Hotels, but members of our staff have also had the privilege of visiting graduate hotels as guests. From Ann Arbor, Michigan to Oxford, England, our team has experienced firsthand the rich storytelling and memorable design touches that make a graduate stay so special. So the next time you're visiting a beloved college town or dropping by your alma mater, stay at graduate hotels and save up to 30% with exclusive code MOTH. Thanks again to Graduate Hotels for their generous support and their commitment to telling the unique stories of their local communities. Go book your stay now at graduatehotels.com and remember to use code MOTH for up to 30% off. Uh, Lisa, do you remember the first time we met? I do. I do. It felt like a billion years ago, but it was 2015, and we were in the back of the New York City Public Library. Yes, indeed. What a time to be alive. (laughs) What a time to be alive, 2015. (laughs) We're getting ready to tell our stories on stage at a Moth High School Grand Slam. The green room was kind of weird because the green room, which I say with air quotes, was just like this sterile room with like the buzzing fluorescent light and Mm. random chairs. Like a whole bunch of squeaky metal chairs and stuff. What's special about the the high school program is that you kind of play these theater type games, you know, like zip, zap, zap, wish, woe, all in the green room before you go out. Zap. 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 Zop, My favorite part zip, is, like, before zap. you go out for the sound check. even, we all say, I got your back, which I oh, still yeah. say to this day, even to people that aren't in the moth, because I think it's just such a beautiful sentiment. Like, I got your back. Yeah. You're not alone, even though you're going to be alone up there on the stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the host gets on stage, and can you believe it was Hassan Minhaj, who's, like, super, super famous now, and this was probably two months before he really blew up on The Daily Show. Yeah, I could not believe it. That was uh, amazing. Uh, I, for one, noticed that he had, like, some fresh J's on. (laughs) So I was like, this guy is important because he's wearing some super hot fire. Yeah, you get on stage and you're looking out to the crowd and there's nothing louder than the silence of 400 people. Like, you can hear every shift in the chair, every quiet cough in the back row, and it's just you and them. Well, you know, Fonzo, I always got your back. I got your back too, Eliza. Grown. 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 I'm Fonzo. And I'm Eliza. And this is Grown, a podcast from the moth full of stories about what it means to grow up. In this episode, we've got stories from two people you might just know, us. We'll each be sharing a story that we told on a moth stage, and then we'll talk a bit about what it means to tell a story and how stories can shape the way that we grow. You'll also hear a bit about how we got involved with storytelling with the moth and how you can too. But no pressure. First up is my very cool and talented hosting partner, Aliza Cosme. <laughs> Here's Aliza. Okay. Um So when I was born, um, my parents tell me that immediately after I let out that first big cry of life, 
I began flirting with the male doctor that had just pulled me out of my mother. <laughs> flirting is the word they use because I was batting my eyelashes at him, smiling, all eyes on him. So you can say I've been boy crazy quite literally from birth. I mean, growing up, my parents would tease me and say, who do you have a crush on this week? And they weren't that far off because in the back of my diary throughout elementary school and middle school, I kept a running list of all the boys that I liked, including the start and end date of each crush. I was a very organized child. <laughs> and none of them lasted more than a week or two. But for me, having a crush was like, was like a drug addiction. I was addicted to the feeling of butterflies in my stomach. That like tickly, nauseous, yet very pleasurable feeling you feel when you see that one person you like. I was addicted to it. I needed it all the time. And as I got older, this addiction became became more intense because I'd given myself a deadline for when I needed to meet my future husband by. And that was by the time I graduated high school, <laughs> which is completely insane. But my parents are high school sweethearts. They met their senior year. They went to prom together. Their prom photo looks like a wedding photo. My mom is wearing this white big taffeta dress. It was the 80s. And my dad has this mullet. He looks a lot like the karate kid. And it, it was it's so perfect. And, and my childhood growing up was, you know, their marriage wasn't perfect, but, but their love for each other was so real. They're really like the living example that soulmates exist. My parents are meant for each other. And growing up, my house was so full of love and nourishment, and we had this weird nuclear family with the son and the daughter and the dog and the backyard and the front yard, and I wanted that. I wanted that young love and that perfect family, and so I needed to find my husband by the time I was 18 or else that would not happen. And so... My junior year of high school comes around and I have not had a boyfriend at this point because when you're 15, you're really just looking for someone to make out with during your lunch period. But I was ready to settle down and I scared away every single boy. And so I had pretty much gone through every single guy in my grade. Um, but then I became friends with this one boy, we can call him Sean. And um, our friendship was really awesome. I really trusted him and he trusted me. We told each other everything. Um, then I found out that he loved me, which was really weird because I didn't have butterflies for Sean. It had never occurred to me. They just, they weren't there. And, and then I started to think about it more. Um, and I was really angry at myself and my body for not feeling this thing I had felt quite literally a hundred times before because, I mean, he lived in Queens like me. He had a car. He could drive me to the movies. And he was, he was brown, too. So when you put us next to each other, we looked just like my parents. I mean, it was perfect. It was exactly what I'd always wanted. But why wasn't I feeling the butterflies? And I was really, really confused. And I broke his heart. I told him, I'm so sorry. I love you so much as a friend, but I don't feel that. And then um, he didn't really talk to me a whole lot the rest of the year, but by my senior year, I come back, still not ever having a boyfriend, and I'm in full-on panic mode because I have 180 days to find the man I'm going to be with for the rest of my life till death do us part. I hate every single boy in my high school. And so I hit up Sean because because I could learn to love him, right? Because maybe the butterflies were just cocooned and they just needed to go through that whole metamorphosis thing and then I would feel it, I would feel love for him. And, and I was starting to imagine what our prom photo would look like and how we'd have it in like a nice laminated album and we'd show our two kids and our dog. And I'd say, look, we, we fell in love when we were so young, that's how you know the love is real. And so, yeah, I hit him up and I mean, it's texting, I know I'm pretty young, I, mean, I texted him and so we went to, this coffee shop behind my school, and um, we sat down, and 
and he, we were sitting at this like counter that overlooked the street and, and rightfully so he didn't trust me a whole lot because I'd broken his heart just a couple months before. And so he started to ask me like, why are you, why are you going back and forth? And I'm trying to explain it, but not tell him like I'm, we were going to get married. I don't want to scare him off. And so we're going back and forth. And then this woman who's also sitting on this counter with us, she interrupts, she says, excuse me. And she looks just at me and she says, sweetie, if you've got to convince yourself to be with him, don't be with him. And she, I know, well, she, Sean got real mad at that and he told her to mind her own business. And so she, she went back to minding her own business. But God, she was right. She was so right. I was convincing myself that if I didn't meet the men of my dreams by the time I was 18, I was going to end up forever alone and have 10 dogs and 10 cats. And I realized how insane that is because while my parents' marriage is really lovely and their love for each other is so real, there are literally billions of other relationships out there that did not start in high school that are just as real as my parents. And I graduated high school. I am almost 20 years old, have never had a boyfriend. And you know what's really funny? I haven't felt butterflies for anyone in a really, really long time. But it's for the first time in my life that I don't really miss them that much. Thank you. That was Eliza Cosby. So Eliza, the question we always ask, how would your younger self describe you now? Well, I think my younger self would be maybe a little disappointed that I'm not at least like three inches taller than she was when she was 12. But I think she'd be pretty proud of myself for turning talking too much in class into a career. Yes, you did. <laughs> If you want to learn more about Eliza, you can check out themoth.org slash grown, or you can just keep on listening. Up next, we'll hear a story from Fonzo. But first, I'd love to know how you got into storytelling. How did you first stumble upon the moth in school? So actually, I wasn't told about it. Like, I was heading to the library, and it was like walking past the room, and there was just like lots of pizza. And then like... <laughs> <laughs> There was pizza and, like, soda. I'm like, what was going on in here? So I kind of just, like, crept in there and then, oh, ended up staying. So The rest was history. <laughs> the rest was history. Now we're here. That was, like, whoa, that was, like, eight years ago. But, um, yeah. Uh, how about you? How did you find out about the moth in your high school? It was a pretty big thing at my school. There was actually a wait list, and I— uh, was on that wait list until the last semester of my senior year. Um, and I got to do it. And I just thought it was going to be like a fun after-school program so I could stay late. My parents were a little strict. So I was just uh, stay any, in school late. Um, uh, any excuse to just stay, <laughs> yeah. get some time in. But it was such, you know, it was such a transformative experience because I think at that time, you know, I was 17. I was getting ready to go to college. I was having a lot of difficulties with my parents. I was like the first time in my life I ever rebelled and they did not resp respond to it super well. So I think doing the moth and getting to speak my truth about whatever I wanted and really express myself at that age was super important. And feeling heard and listened to by teachers and parents who typically talk at us um, was a really liberating experience mm -hmm. and I think important at that young age for me to realize that I have agency, I have a voice, and I get to determine my own narrative. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Wow. I feel like naturally we don't get that stage. We don't get that um, We don't get that attention. Um or or the time to really like 
express yourself. Like even if you're expressing yourself, I feel like you're asking for their perspective, and uh, that's what that's that's what that stage does. That that story time is for you. Not only doing that, hearing that from other people was so enlightening. That was so beautifully said. How has being a storyteller shaped your identity? Yeah, in a lot of ways. I mean, I think, well, first off, the story that you all just heard wasn't the story that I told in high school. The story that I told in high school was about a time when I was in sixth grade and I was drawing a self-portrait and my teacher um, pointed out that I wasn't white. And I went to um, a school in the Upper East Side of New York City. A lot of my friends were white. I wasn't fully aware of my race or even race in general at that point. And so it was a really jarring experience that I held on to for many, many years because it kind of threw me into this identity crisis and, you know, all the things that come with race and identity at such a young age. Um, And when I told that story at 17, it was important. And it is important, but I realized that the more and more I told that story, the more and more my identity got reduced down to that one experience that— oh, I'm that girl that talks about being brown and how growing up in white society impacted her. And it did, but there's a lot more to me than that. I think I'm a lot more nuanced. So I told that story at a Moth main stage event one time, and I invited a bunch—well, my mom invited a bunch of people. And um, this woman came, and um, she was very moved by my story. She was a white woman, and she was very moved by my story, and she wanted to talk a lot about race relations. And I was, like, 20, and I just didn't really want to. And then the next time I saw her, she had a gift for me, which was very sweet. And she gave me a box of um, oil pastels. No, sorry, it was crayons that were skin tone crayons. Crayola had come out with a line of skin tone crayons, which is great because it's important to have, you know, representation and inclusivity. But I realized that she reduced my experience down to being able to have the right crayon. And it was very bizarre because that's not what the story was about, but that's what her takeaway was. And being reduced not only down to a story about race, but being reduced even more to like, oh, you just want to have something you can draw yourself with? Here you go. And I accepted the gift and I still have them because it's just kind of a reminder that even when we share stories, people may not always hear what you want them to hear. Um, but we should keep sharing them anyways, you know? Yeah. Now, my fashionable, funny, and fierce co-host, Fonzo Lacayo. Here's Fonzo. There's a lot of people here. Okay. Okay, so I'm in fourth grade, going to fifth grade, and it's the end of the summer, and I'm getting ready for school. And I got my school supplies, my school clothes, my super cool new lunchbox, the new J's on my feet, you know, the new Jordan sneakers. I'm set. There's only really one thing I'm missing. And you know how like when you're a kid, you don't really care how your hair looks? Like you don't really take care of your hair, like you don't really comb it or wash it. Or maybe that's just me, or maybe that's just me. So at the end of the summer, my hair was kind of just like this thing on my head. And it was terrible, it was revolting. Like, it was, nobody wanted to look at it. And so everywhere I'm going, my friends are like, yo, Alfonso, you need a haircut. My sister is telling me, you need a haircut, you know? My mom's kind of corny. She said, I'm gonna get you a haircut before you go to school, because you look like a fool, you know? That's what she said. And 
And so one day, and I'm kind of just like, yeah, you know, I agree. I need a haircut. So one day I go to my cousin's house and it's my older, older, older cousin and my other cousin around my age. And so I'm sitting there, I'm playing video games with my other cousin around my age and while I'm playing video games, I kind of notice my older cousin kind of staring at my hair. And all of a sudden he says, you know I could cut your hair right for free. <laughs> and I, I'm like, really? Really? Because that'd be great. My mom's been trying to, she said I need a haircut before I go back to school, so this'd be awesome. And so nobody, I didn't really know better. Like nobody was there to say, stop. This guy is not a licensed barber. He's not qualified to cut hair. This is not what he does. It's just not. And so my cousin takes me to the backyard, to the garage. <laughs> and the garage is dark and there's not really much light except for this old rusty lamp. And you know how like in the movies when they find some ancient artifact and there's the dust on it and they blow on it and the dust fly everywhere? <laughs> that was that lamp, that was it. So my cousin, you know, starts cutting my hair. There was no mirrors either, you know. And you know how like you know how like when you go to the barber shop, there's those giant mirrors. So while you're getting your hair cut, you could kind of look up and check. You know, I like that. That's nice. You know, there was none of that. So my cousins cut my hair for like 25, 30 minutes, and all of a sudden he stops, and he's proud of his work. He's like, "Bang! There you go. I got you, little man." Gives me a high five. Got you. And I get up, you know, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready for school, you know? I wanna go play video games with my cousin now. And so I knew there was something wrong. I knew there was something wrong. Because as soon as I stepped foot into the house, my other cousin around my age looks at me and starts dying, crying, laughing all over the place, hysterically. And I like jokes, you know, I wanna know what's funny too. So, I go to the bathroom and I come face to face with the mirror. I couldn't believe what I saw, guys. My hairline was back here. And this was all shining. Like I had like this windshield thing going on. Like if, if you look closely enough into my forehead, you can see your own reflection in it. It was crazy, it was just glistening. And I was kind of crazy when I was a kid. So I started bugging out all over the place. You know, I'm screaming everywhere. Why, what am I gonna do? Oh my God, cousin, why have you wronged me this way? How am I supposed to go to school? What am I gonna do? So later on, I get dropped off at my house and I see my mom. And she looks at me and she kind of just like shrugs it off, you know? She's like, oh, well, you know, I told you I was gonna get you a haircut. You should have waited and now you're gonna look funny. And so that's what happened. I looked funny for the first two to three weeks of school. People laughed and made jokes. And I don't know if y'all can tell, I keeps it fresh now. <laughs> so basically, I trusted my cousin once and I will never trust him again for anything.
That was Alfonso Lacayo. So, Fonzo, how would your younger self describe you now? I think my younger self would be pretty proud. Probably mad that we don't have a couple Oscars, you know what I'm saying? But uh, uh, overall, glad that I've, you know, got good friends and, you know, good people around me. And, uh, you know, that I travel through adversity and, you know, I'm sober. So, yeah, I think you'd be pretty proud. I love that. I think you'd be pretty proud of you, too. Ah, thanks. Well, to get more on Fonzo, you can check out themoth.org slash grown, follow us on social media at grownpod, or just keep on listening to the podcast. We wanted to do a bit more exploring into how storytelling can shape your life. So we decided to get some perspectives from the people that have gone through the Moth's education program. They'll talk a bit about finding community through storytelling and what the Moth means to them. I guess I will always remember how secure I felt in the community from the first day, from the first session. I never felt like I was competing with anyone, and I was good enough as I was. The one thing I will never forget about the Moth is this game of keep it up we played, where we were all just hitting this crumpled paper ball back and forth. And we were all so bad at keeping it up, but we were just bobbing this paper ball back and forth. And afterwards, I felt like we really like had this sense of teamwork that carried out throughout the rest of the program. My senior year in high school, I joined the Moth, and we had the high school Grand Slam at the Housing Works bookstore, and I was completely nervous. Uh, it was something I thought I could never do, but I got on stage, and then I asked the audience, how's everybody doing tonight? And everybody started cheering, and I could just like feel the vibes in the room, and I've, I felt comfortable. And I was able to do something I never thought I'd be able to do, and I'll always remember that. The feeling of camaraderie that you have when you're telling your story for the first time in front of your peers, like the story that you finally picked out, um, the feeling of being loved whenever you were after telling your story and like, you know, being vulnerable. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Has this episode got you excited about telling your own stories? Well, moth storytellers are writers, athletes, musicians, shy folks, not too shy folks. You too can be a moth storyteller. Well, you and I were moth storytellers, and if we can do it, anybody can. The Moth works with high school and college students to practice the art and craft of true personal storytelling. We offer programming throughout the year for young people and educators across the country. If you're interested in learning more, check out themoth.org slash education. So, Fonzo, what is our next episode about? Well, Eliza, let's just say you wouldn't want to listen on an empty stomach. That was corny. Get it? Corny. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, here is a tease. So I text all of my friends and I say, all right, guys, I'm on an academic deadline to grow up. So I'm going to cook a three-course meal, come over, It's going to be the cultural event of the school year. (laughs) And remember, no matter how old you are, you're never fully grown. Alfonso Lucayo is a Moth alumni from the Bronx, New York. He's passionate, creative, and makes music. And if he's not hosting this podcast, you can find him putting essential oils in his hair. Aliza Cosme is a multimedia storyteller, passionate about using the power of storytelling for the social good. If she wasn't hosting this podcast and had no student loan debt, she'd own the best restaurant in Queens with the best risotto you've ever had. 
Groan's senior editor is Sarah Jane Johnson, and Groan's senior producer is Mark Sollinger. That's me. With support from the Moss education and artistic teams, as well as our executive producer, Sarah Austin Janesse. Alfonso Lacayo's story was directed by Catherine McCarthy and Michaela Bly, with additional coaching by Casey Donahue. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the work of the Moss education team, Melissa Brown, Anna Stern, and Devin Elise Wilson, as well as our instructors, past and present. Mixing is by Davey Sumner, with original music and sound design by Davey Sumner and Luke Williams. We're grateful to former producer Julia Purcell, intern K.A. Carter, our teen focus group, and everyone who was kind enough to send us audio for our montages. The rest of the Moss leadership team includes Sarah Haberman, Catherine Burns, Jennifer Hickson, Meg Bowles, Kate Tellers, Jennifer Birmingham, Marina Cloutier, Suzanne Rust, Brandon Grant, Leanne Gully, Inga Gladowski, and Aldi Kaza. All Moss stories are true, as remembered and affirmed by the storytellers. Grown is presented by PRX. Ever wonder why we want to tell complete strangers our personal secrets? Or what a CIA spy can teach you about keeping things close to the chest? Read about this and see other fascinating articles on secrets in Grown's Pocket Collection. Pocket is a website and app that finds the most thought-provoking articles from trusted sources all around the internet and puts them in one place. With Pocket, you can keep and find new articles to read, save articles for later, and even have your saved articles read aloud to you. If you want to dig deeper into this secret-worthy episode of Grown, head over to Pocket and check out our collection at getpocket.com slash grown.